Hey everyone, uh, welcome to this Fast Quotation Book Club, my podcast where I take a positive look at the Nazi and extreme. But in this format, I like to do it with a guest. And this week, I have Matthew Vaughan with me. Welcome to the show, Matthew. Well, thanks for having me. No problems, dude. It's been nice talking to you in person here after chatting a bit on Messenger and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun, to, uh, you know, after spending so long just talking online to actually be able to talk kind of face to face with someone. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's quite weird. There's quite a few people on the show so far that I've you know, been messaging for about six months or something. And it's like, oh, okay, that's what they sound like. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, before we get going with um, this week's episode, it's going to give you a little bit of a chance to introduce yourself to everyone. Uh, let them know what books you got out, where to buy them, and kind of anything else you want to quickly talk about, really. All right. Um, you know, as you said, Matthew Vaughn here. Um, I mainly write in the extreme horror uh, splatterpunk genres. Um, I do have in the past uh, delved a little bit into more bizarro. You know, I've got some books that um, I like to just call them comedies, really. You know, they kind of intended more to make you laugh than to gross you out or disgust you or anything. But, um, you know, my extreme horror started with Hellsworld Hotel. Um, uh, what's that? Quite a few years ago now, it feels like. Um, you know, I've put a few books out since then. Um, most recently, you know, like Bowery's kind of uh, one of my more popular ones right now, I guess. Um, House Call. Uh, and, you know, everything I've got is on godless um i have a couple things on kindle unlimited but everything can be picked up you know paperbacks are all on amazon everything i've got is on um ebook wise is on godless though yeah um you know got some things coming out into this month um got a uh, book coming out in uh mick collins uh bisexual zombie series he has going on i don't know if you've seen those yet or not um he wrote the first two got reek field to write a book um james carlson and then i'm the next one i think donna latham is going to be doing the one after me yeah so it's fun it's obviously more uh uh, in the bizarro comedy genres so it's kind of fun just to you know be goofy and silly you know yeah, i see them kicking around but i haven't read any of them yet but there did seem to be a sudden <laughs> influx of more of them yeah it's they're pretty entertaining um actually because of you know having the one that i'm supposed to write i sat down and read all of them which none of them are really long and uh i was i was pretty impressed because i actually hadn't read anything from uh mick collins or james yet and both of them were just really good writers i'm uh, really interested in going back and checking out something else they've done now james is a really good writer i read uh god what was his midnight of the carry-on kid is that his one uh, yeah i think so yeah that sounds was, familiar it wasn't kind of my thing but it was beautifully written like really really well written um so yeah i would definitely check out his one of them yeah i, I was i could tell um on his, you know, just his uh, style and, you know, that he's a really good author. Uh, so, yeah, he's yeah, done one with, um, he's done one with Damien Manx as well. Uh, like, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like they'd done a story each. Um, and that was really good as well. Hmm. I've probably his, seen it. Yeah. I'm, I'll have to go back yeah, and check. Yeah, his what story got. was like, um, kind of like this kind of, it turned into this kind of like hillbilly creature feature sort of thing. It was really interesting. Like, because nice. you just didn't really know where it was going. And then suddenly you're like, oh, fuck, there's a giant spider. Like, so that's quite <laughs> fun. <laughs> that, that sounds like something I probably would enjoy, actually. Yeah. Yeah. God, I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's like about a year ago since I read it. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you've um, you've got the Hellsworth Hotel series out then, right? That's your. Is that kind of your main thing alongside Bowery at the moment? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, I had put a few books out before that, uh, 
mainly more comedy bizarro books and that was my first time writing you know uh or getting something published in extreme horror and uh you know it, it was pretty well received so you know and I liked those characters so much mm. that I couldn't help but write more stories you know <laughs> so you know it kind of kind of um became my thing for a little while that's actually the uh might have been one of the first things I got put on godless was one of those shorts uh, right. yeah lucifer's mansion or um actually I think I wrote Mephistopheles den specifically for putting it on godless cool. yeah so yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just read a ball the other day and absolutely loved them before they were great. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. You definitely tapped into the genre. I like that whole kind of dirty Rob Zombie sort of scummy characters and torture porn stuff. Love all of that. Yeah, me too. And it's, it's really fun, you know, just to kind of get in that uh, that mindset, you know, and then yeah. and write those kind of, like you said, those just dirty, just grimy characters. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. So the plan is I've had for a while is to write an actual sequel um, to Healthward Hotel, and um, I believe it was Lucifer's Mansion, maybe where it left off at the end with the uh, um, kind of a cliffhanger with some people, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, two of them did. You had um, Satan's Hideaway mentioned something as well about the sequel okay yeah. yeah that's funny when you can can't even read your own stuff <laughs> but uh, uh yeah and, and the, the plan is to to have it all come together with um yeah. hotel too you know and, and explain you know what's going on and, and to give a little more backstory on the family themselves because i kind of uh intentionally you know leave it pretty vague you know like what, what are they doing why are they doing this you know no explanation whatsoever you know so yeah. uh, i think there's some people out there that they want that you know a little bit more of an explanation you know like you know what's going yeah. on here so yeah, you can't give it to them all at once you gotta space it out a bit yeah get them get them sucked in and come back for more <laughs> exactly and then you just gotta write them all that's the difficult part yeah yeah so i was looking at um some notes i had the other day and i think i had wrote like the first chapter or what is supposed to be the first chapter to hellsworth hotel too and it was like, I don't know, two, three years ago. <laughs> and I still haven't gotten around to actually sitting down and writing it. Yeah. But, That's know. all right for me. I've only just read them. So I'm like, oh, yeah, you can take another year. It just feel natural. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, yeah, before we get started on Reincarnage, I'm just going to let everyone know that there will be spoilers where jump around a bit, talk about whatever we kind of like and feel like talking about within the book. Um, so yeah, if you haven't read it, hopefully we'll persuade you like to go and pick it up. Um, or if not, just give it a pause, go and read it and then come back and listen to our thoughts on it. Uh, before we delve in though, um, just, uh, what was your reasoning for picking Reincarnage by, uh, Ryan Hardy and Jason Tavner? Uh, honestly, I just love the book so much. Um, it, when when we first discussed uh, doing this and you told me to pick a book, I, I, it was the very first one that popped in my head. Um, I've, I don't know, it's just so much about it that I just, you know, enjoy, you know, I love Ryan's writing as it is and um, big fan of like, you know, the uh, slashers, Jason Voorhees type thing, you know, and I mean, it just, it's like reading a Friday the 13th book, you know, to certain yeah. degrees. Just, I just really enjoy it. Cool. So I like on the show is when people pick their like favorite books, like rather than what they've read recently. I think it just works really well. Um, so yeah, I I'd been told about these books um, by I'd seen them kicking around, and then when I'd done the show with Christine Pfeiffer, she mentioned them being the Ryan Fangirl that oh. she is, and yeah, like, yeah, I was like, oh, I'll catch him at some point. So when you were like, oh, Reincarnage, I was like, well, that works out all right because I did meaning to read those. Um, but I still kind of went into him a bit blind. I didn't really know what it was about other than it was a slasher. Um, so yeah, kind of going into it blind was pretty interesting because those first few chapters, I didn't really know what was going on. It was like yeah. kind of a bit of a mystery to begin with. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, that's one of the things um, that I like so much about the book. And, uh, you know, those types of movies, you know, where like characters wake up and don't know what the heck's going on, you know, it just, it had that same vibe, that same feel, you know, and so you as the reader, you know, you're just as confused, especially if you go in blind like that, you know, it just, you just, you just kind of uh, get a feel for what's going on as the characters get a feel for it, you know, you're just seeing everything through their eyes, like, you know, you know, why am I wearing different clothes, you know, <laughs> this is not where I went to sleep at, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's not even the same city. <laughs> Yeah, and I just think they did um, just such an excellent job of just kind of, you know, that confusion and, um, you know, you just really feel it as the characters feel it. Yeah, because, I mean, that idea of, like, waking up somewhere and not knowing where you are, it's not really a slasher trope, is it? Like, no. it kind of soars a bit of a thriller, cubes of sci-fi, like, all those sort of films that used to do it, they're not really slashes, they're more kind of mystery box sort of stuff mm -hmm. yeah so you know yeah definitely got a little bit of that uh, uh cross genre you know um storytelling there you know because i know like i was talking about that uh we had read this at one time in a book club with christina uh that's one of the things i brought up a couple times was the comparison to cube mm. you know as far as you know just how waking up with a, a group of people that you don't know a bunch of strangers everybody's confused yeah, the, most you know, use, the most useful guy dies first yes yeah yeah and um you know you don't know if, if you're waking up with a bunch of strangers you've got that bit of paranoia you know it's all like you know i don't know you are you a part of mm -hmm. this you know that kind of thing that used to yeah. play a part i think all of them oh yeah because that's a part of this because i kind of forgot about that by the end there is a lot of paranoia at the beginning about one of them being a an insider yeah and, you know, uh, you know, and, and it, it, especially, I guess, when you have like, a, like a, the one, the family that's in mm -hmm. there, you know, so, you know, you stick together in the family, you kind of eyeball everybody is, you know, mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I don't know any of y'all, y'all are all outsiders to me. And then they have, you know, I guess there's the other, the uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Marcus and uh, Marcus and Suzanne. Yeah. Yeah. Suzanne. Yeah. And, and then especially when you start having somebody like Patrick who, uh, starts acting like he might know a little bit more than everybody yeah. else yeah like is and, he a survivalist uh, or is he just in on it <laughs> yeah and and cube it was the same thing they had the one guy um who seemed to know a little bit about what's going on but you know people like that are never very forthcoming with all the information you know they leave you right. in the dark yeah so that really helps to uh, build that paranoia you know it's like why does this guy know so much yeah, I wonder if Ryan's a big fan of Cube then, if both of our heads went there, because it's a pretty obscure yeah. movie as well. Yeah, I love it though. I, yeah, uh, it's one of those you just kind of found somewhere, you know, and then you watch it and you're like, wow, that's really cool. But oh, I don't I've know. seen that movie um, like 20 times. I fucking loved it when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. You know. See, so yeah, I think the other thing I was thinking as well is it's kind of got. Um, a bit of a Jurassic Park sort of feel to it as well, like with the fact that it's like a ward-in environment, like Jurassic Park for a slasher or something. Yeah, no, that's an interesting take. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, you know. Um, hmm. Or something like Escape from New York, I guess, would be a better idea. But just I love that kind of ward-in aspect of it. Yeah, that's something I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe do for a rewatch, actually. Yeah, but what did you think of the um, kind of the chapters being sort of characters' point of views and keep kind of alternating around? Like, did it make you nervous any time a favorite character had a chapter? It could mean they could die. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know. You kind of get a feel for it. I think pretty early on that. Yeah, once you start seeing from somebody's point of view, that means you're probably getting <laughs> to the end of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know, I guess um, kind of expected being, you know, from Ryan that not too many people were going to survive the book, you know, so you kind of kind of went in, I guess, with the um, the idea of, well, you know, let's not get attached to any of these guys, I guess, you know, <laughs> you got to think that with having like a kid 
um, certain characters, you're like, oh, you know, obviously they're going to, you know, survive to the end or whatever, but it's not necessarily true, I guess, in the end. Mm-hmm. But uh, I liked it. I liked how they uh, the kind of uh, disjointed timeline where you had seen the all the way to one end of the um, of a scene, but then to get it from, you know, partial of it from a different character's yeah. point of view as it's going through there, you know, um, what happens to them right afterwards and stuff. I, I really like how they did that. Yeah, they've done that a couple of times, didn't they? I thought that was really effective. Yeah, I imagine it was probably um, uh, hard to, to mm. you know, write something like that. You know, I don't know. I think it's kind of difficult to write anything with, uh, uh, multiple characters like that, but I think they did a really good job. Was there any character you were like particularly rooting for, or kind of wanting dead? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, if it comes to wanting dead, it was probably Annette. Oh yeah. uh, man, she, she was <laughs> super annoying. I mean, really. I mean, Lawrence, he kind of he kind of sucked a little bit too. Um, he did, but I found him quite funny, to be honest. Like. The he was. crazy racism at the beginning where he couldn't work out where Jim came from. Like, I didn't even pick up on it the first time he said it. And then when he kept like naming different countries, I was like, that's too funny. Like, what a deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, he worked. He was effective as, uh, you know, comic relief, you know, just uh, some of the crazy stuff. And, you know, he just, it just, but he was still, in my opinion, really unlikable. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's the kind of guy that uh, you'd actually uh, going into it. I would have thought would have lasted a long time because a lot hmm. of times, you know, in in something like this, it's usually the person that you dislike the most is the one that makes it all the way to the end or or just about to the end. Yeah, or like the most kind of cowardly character or something like that. They always find a way yeah. just to kind of sacrifice someone else almost. Yep. And then you, when they finally do get there, you know, the uh, they finally get killed or whatever, you know, you feel like, oh, I got their just desserts or whatever. He kind of teased that here, though, didn't he? Because Nathan got it first, who was obviously the most useful character. So you kind of thought that gave Lawrence a chance to get away, but it was like, nope. You're like, okay, (laughs) I'm already like 10% into this. Like, Jesus, like, there's only 11 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and then that whole uh, uh, Nathan getting taken out at the beginning, uh, reminded me of Feast. Have you ever seen Feast? Where they have um, um, I don't think it's I like have a, actually. It's 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 a bit older now, but they did that whole thing where they've got the big hero guy comes in there, and you're like, oh yeah, this guy's the one who's going to save everybody, and then he's like yeah. the first one that gets taken out. Yeah, but, I always uh, love it when films do that, and you know, I think it works really effectively in books as well. It's just it's one of those things. If you do it right, I think it's a lot of fun. Yep, yeah. And plus, you know, it creates, you know, more um challenges when you have what is uh, I guess kind of perceived as a as a weaker character is the mm-hmm. one that now has to try to survive. You know, the um the young or I guess Jen, she's a younger girl, you know, um acts like she has no kind of uh outdoorsy survival skills whatsoever, mm-hmm. you know, and now here she is as one of the, you know trying to survive this unstoppable killer and all the traps and everything else they've got you know yeah yeah i thought i added a lot of tension to the books those traps because you just yeah did not know where they were gonna suddenly turn up or not like anytime someone went to walk into somewhere i was like remember the traps <laughs> yeah yeah and then i mean that's just one of those things it's just uh you've got this unstoppable killer that's been living in that area for what, like 30 years or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, he's got nothing else better to do than to (laughs) sit there, set up traps on everything. It's like, yeah, it's pretty good. But that's one of the things that I like so much about the book is I feel like uh, Ryan and Jason um, really just did this really well, uh, good job of their, what's the word I was looking for? the world building, you know, yeah. all the extra things, uh, you know, Adam talks about uh, video games and magazines, mm-hmm. you know, about Agent Orange and the Kill Zone. And it's like he just created this whole huge mythology, you know, about just this one guy in that 
walled off towns. And I just, you know, and then they really just did an excellent job of like the setting the traps and the fact that uh, he had weapons, like I guess hidden all over the place. In uh, mailboxes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I forget um, because of having read both the books, you know, which stuff happened in which. But I know like there's one of them, uh, somebody opens a trunk of a abandoned car. I don't know if it was in this no, one or not. The second one. Yeah, I haven't read the second okay. one yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you just find like, whoa, there's just a <laughs> gun here, you know? <laughs> Which yeah. you, so that's you think they it were, would. Uh, they were trying to find that in the first one, but all they could find was like a pair of shears and some knives. Yeah. Well, that's just thing. I think he, uh, I don't think, I guess he uses guns, you know, Agent Orange, but I feel like, you know, they've made it pretty clear that he enjoys more like, you know, the hands-on, yeah. uh, getting in there and getting his hands dirty. I mean, yeah. he did, you know, the, what, crossbow? Yeah, the crossbow, the crossbow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's still not a gun. Like, I feel like a crossbow is a bit more intimate than a gun still. Yeah. Yeah, but, what you did know, you think cool of um, Agent Orange as a whole? Like, do you like that character? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was really uh, kind of unique. Um, you know, the similarities, you know, with the whole gas mask and everything, it makes you think of, like, you know, like My Bloody Valentine or something. Yeah. But, I mean, I thought it was pretty unique, you know, as far as the the character. I can't think of any other, you know, slashers that are similar in the vein, you know, of, uh, you know, Vietnam vet that it's just, re, you know, unstoppable. Jason Voorhees, you know, comes back every time you kill him kind of thing. You know, I wouldn't mind if they did explain a little bit more, you know, about him and what's going on in, in future books or whatever, you know. But at the same time, I guess it's kind of that whole, uh, he's scarier because you don't know. Yeah, I never mind not knowing. Like, I, I, in my <laughs> head, he just killed too many people in Vietnam and... I like. I think they say in the book that I don't know if it's specifically said or whether it's rumored that like the devil just does the him in hell and keeps kicking him out because he's too much. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just you know they they um I, I, again I'm not sure if it was in this one or not where they kind of talk about the weirdness of the actual kill zone itself. Um. Uh, things like I don't know is it is it, they talk about that at all in this one they say that um, it's kind of grown a bit that it started off in a smaller area but it's he kind of kept getting further and further so they had to build further and further out and they'll talk about like respawn, but that's about all they said they don't mention like uh, weird anomalies inside of the kill zone or anything like that no nothing like that so, like yeah yeah, so they, they might in the other one, you know, as, as, as I guess the more books they put out, they do, you know, um, give a little bit more information. Still not a lot, yeah. you know, but yeah. a little bit here and there. So I don't know. It just feels like there's some kind of uh, something maybe like inside of the kill zone or whatever that, that keeps him alive. I don't know. keeps regenerating him. I don't know. Right. Or maybe maybe it's... Um, the government, the shadow government or whatever they think, whoever put the, uh, you know, Patrick and Adam and all them in there, you know, so they don't really yeah. go on about anything like that. I no, guess you they get, have, uh, um, I think Ed, um, Adam's father, he's, he doesn't really think it's the government, does he? He thinks it's something else, but Patrick's full on like tinfoil hat. Yeah. Yeah. And in the part where like, you know, um, he was he set the couch on fire and they push it down the uh um elevator shaft yeah yeah like you know it gives the impression that you know i mean obviously he knows something you know so it's like is that where they're bringing people up at you know do they use that it, underneath the town do they have some kind of a secret complex or something you know yeah you know i don't know it's, it just seems like there's uh so much you could do you know with this world and they don't tell us a lot I like the idea of there being a big underground complex underneath the kill zone. That would be cool. Yeah. You know, so you got to wonder, you know, I mean, are they, is Agent Orange like supposed to be some kind of secret weapon maybe that they keep him regenerated so that, you know, the next time, you know, there's a 
big bad war or something, they can just unleash the Agent Orange on the bad yeah, guys. Yeah, see, that would be <laughs> that would be one of the explanations, wouldn't it? That he is a, a product of their sort of experiments, their fuck yeah. up. So now they've got to house him there. Like, but yeah, I don't know. I like the mystery that you don't quite know what he is yet. Like, I think if it's not explained over a few books, I'd be all right with that. Like, because I mean, you don't really know why any of these slashes ever kind of have the powers they do so yeah yeah it, it, that's true you know they all a lot of them well i guess all of them pretty much are the same as far as uh uh regenerating or or you know not yeah, it just dying. naturally comes with being a slasher yeah you go around hacking up teams and you gotta have infinite lives yeah and plus you know it makes for uh being able to make additional books or movies or whatever you know exactly yeah that works well as well I like the fact as well that um, all the characters are pretty different in this. Like, it's confusing at first, obviously, introducing 11 different characters. That's a lot of people. But you kind of get a taste of who's who pretty quickly, I felt. Yeah, yeah. I think they did a really good job of, um, you know, uh, making each character unique and, you know, making it to where you can actually, you know, tell who's who's after, you know, they, they've been on the page for a little while. But I think they really, like, the... Um, they just really did a good job of, of writing, you know, characters that feel very real. You know, yeah. you, you know, the, the, like Ed with his, uh, you know, can't be the government. The government's the best. USA is the best and all this stuff. Oh, and but he's still going to um, sue everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you got Marcus, you know, he's, he's obviously not, he's not into that whole thing. He's all like, man, you know, him and, uh, Suzanne. Him and Suzanne, yeah, they just wanted to survive. They didn't really offer any explanations. They were just like, you know, trying to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, and I really feel like actually uh, talking about them, I thought Marcus's kill was very uh, unique, very uh, interesting. The way that he got yeah. him with the uh, the crossbow, the harpoon gun, yeah, yeah, harpoon gun. That's what it was. Yeah, and pulled his uh, intestines out. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty good. And um, Really, if they just hadn't have wanted to go for that canoe so bad, you know, <laughs> I almost felt like those two might have lasted a lot longer. You know, maybe the yeah. end. You know, but yeah, you know. I did feel like um, because Patrick hadn't overly stepped up at that point, you kind of felt like Nathan and Marcus were kind of the two to lead them out of there somehow. But like, they they got it nice and early, really. Yeah. And then I yeah, thought Suzanne was going to get away being like swim team, but like not going to fucking happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, you're talking about Agent Orange. Yeah, you know, but uh, I thought the whole uh, chicken exit that they had mm. around the place—I thought that was real interesting. You know, um, didn't work out for anybody, but you know, I guess <laughs> maybe in the past, you know, they first put them in there, but just the, just the idea of they know so many people cross the wall and will go into a place like this that they are willing to put, you know, these little phone booth places or whatever to call and try to get, you know, I messed up, you know, let me get, get me out of here kind you of thing. fucking know it would happen as well, right? If a place like that existed, you'd know some fucking YouTuber would be going in there to make a video of oh. being in the kill zone. Like, it would happen straight uh, away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, I can say that I, I probably, uh, you know, went some places I wasn't supposed to, you know, in my <laughs> younger days. But uh, I don't know the threat of Agent Orange, you know, if it'd be worth <laughs> it trying to you know, climb that wall and just to say you were in there. <laughs> or try and pick up some kind of souvenir you could sell on eBay afterwards. Yeah. But again, that uh, was the world yeah. building side of it, like with the stalkers going in there to kind of ransack the place to sell stuff on and stuff like that was all really interesting yeah. stuff. I really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. You know, it really shows that, you know, yeah, even though it's confined to this, you know, couple of towns or whatever, it's really a thing that, you know, is known all over the world. You know, this is a thing that, that is there. And it's just wild that, you know, it's okay. You know, it's like, well, yeah. we can't kill the guy. So let's just build a bunch of walls. And then everybody in the world knows. Yeah. Don't go there. That's raging orange. Is that? Yeah, I read a, um, a book a while back. I don't know if you read it by um, Christine Morgan. 
called Lakehouse Inferno, which I think was like a side sort of story off of one of Ed Lee's Inferno series. And she like, had a little slice of hell was on Earth, but it was kind of walled off for everyone. Kind of had a very right. similar vibe of people just fucking going in there when you're like, what are you doing? Stay the fuck away from there. I know of the book because uh, I, I love uh, Ed Lee's Inferno series. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess I guess kind of assumed it was Lake Inferno. One of the books, um, there is that lake gets put from hell, gets put onto earth. And so I mm-hmm. assumed her book, yeah, kind of had something yeah, to do with she, it. Yeah, um, from what I can gather, she asked him if it was cool to kind of expand on that story and pitched it to him. And he was just like, fucking go for it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And I need to read it. Amazing. I just... Yeah, They're both great. Well. Warlock and Lighthouse are both awesome. But yeah, it had that similar thing of that ward-off danger zone that's like hellbound, really, and you're like, just don't fucking go there. Like, stay the fuck away. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow, it's not that cool, you know? <laughs> but, you know, that is, yeah, but 100%, I know that, you know, people would be doing that here, you know? If that was, you know, <laughs> um, we had to walled off, you know, uh, there's a supernatural whatever killer inside of it, and you're like, I don't care, you know, he ain't gonna get me. I want to <laughs> go in here and see if I can't steal some salt and pepper shaker yeah. from somebody's house or something. So much so that they have to build a chicken exit so you can go, please come get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. But yeah. I like the whole, um, you know, well. Again, I don't want to uh, talk about something. I guess that might be in the uh, more so in the second book, but um, you can go into a bit if you want. That's not a problem. Well, the ho- I was just thinking about the whole stalkers. Um, I can't remember how much they talked about them and what they do in this book, as opposed to the uh, second one. Not too much. I think that was kind of hinted at that that would be more in um, the other two books, right? I imagine the Dunbar effect's got a bit of that one as well, has it? It does, yes. Which, I mean, uh, basically, uh, the main characters are, which they call them prowlers, I think. So they, it's like the stalker was what we used to call them. That's not the cool name anymore. Now we call them <laughs> prowlers kind of thing. But yeah. um, it's 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 uh, essentially the same in, uh, in Reincursion that uh, one of, a couple of the main characters are stalkers or prowlers, and they kind of go into that whole world of uh, what they do and why they do, and just the whole thing to me is just it's very interesting. Hmm, that sounds so, kind of fascinating. Yeah, I, mean, I would want to know what the fuck would drive someone to do that, other than making a bit of money. There's got to be more to it because it's got to be an easier way to make a bob. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one of those things. You know, I guess you got people that. Um, like that rush and like that thrill, you know. I don't know if you can yeah. equate uh, uh, going in the kill zone and trying to stay alive. <laughs> I don't uh, even go on roller coasters. Like, <laughs> so that would be as far from what I'd want to do as possible. I was thinking like, you know, skydivers and things like that, you yeah. know. Absolutely yeah. not for me. My idea of a thrill is like watching a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I used to do uh, roller coasters when I was younger. We talk about it now. You need to take the kids and stuff. But um, yeah, probably other than that, it'd be like going to haunted houses in Halloween, you know, around Halloween yeah. or whatever, about, about as much as... Not sure I'm going to do that anymore after reading your books. <laughs> well, then that sounds like mission accomplished. Yeah. No, actually, I'd love those sort of haunted houses. As long as I didn't get diced up at the end. I, I would love to go into one of those. They sounded amazing. Do you not have uh, those over there? Like just haunted houses? Not really. Like I think they do like some stuff, but Halloween over here is not the same at all. Like, like the only time I've been into those sort of things is if I've been in America at the time and gone to like Universal Studios is Halloween Horror Nights or stuff like that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. You need to come over, you know, and uh, around Halloween and you know hit up some of the, like the smaller ones, like. Where we used to live, there was a couple of them. You know, they'd always have like you know Freddy's and Jasons and a room with chains to look like a Hellraiser and stuff. Yeah. You know, so it's always fun, always fun to see all that stuff. But yeah. you know, yeah, I think I like the more extreme ones. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, I like the fact that Agent Orange was completely different, like we were saying. You just, like, you had a bit of a slashery feel, like you said, with the mask and my bloody Valentine, but he, he felt a lot more just like some fucking psycho commando who had gone totally rogue than some kind of worldly being. Like, you know, I didn't picture him being like seven foot tall and unstoppable, more just some fucking intense guy who could just keep coming back. Because again, he didn't appear to have superhuman strength or anything like that. Like, yeah, he was mean, but he wasn't like, you know, ripping things apart and stuff. He was, you know, using weapons and crossbows and, you know, he wasn't, again, he wasn't like, you know, walking underwater and not breathing or anything like that. He didn't seem yeah. supernatural other than the fact that he could come back to life. Yeah. And I think they, he doesn't, he actually gets hurt. Um, they show him where he limps or, you know, something that mm. he actually is still affected by. Uh, yeah. They like um, whammed one of the um, traps on him in the kind of abandoned supermarket place. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, yes, yes, that's cool too. It's not like he's just, like you said, he's not, you know, necessarily uh, this superhuman being. He is just kind of like a guy. It's just once mm. he dies, he comes back, you know. Yeah. Guy with a strong, fresh shoulder pain and, yeah, can come back. Yeah. I can guess he can regenerate a bit, they hinted at, but I don't think they fully went into it. I think that was more the characters kind of theorizing rather than kind of the narrator basically saying yes he can do that yeah and that's another cool thing you know as far as um wanting to stay uh in the dark about agent orange and everything that's going on is the way they had you know the characters were mainly the narrators you know they Mm. you're getting just the information that they get you know and nothing really more yeah Yeah, so it kind of helps it's what they it's what they read in a magazine or because like, there were some bits when um, Lee came into it where Adam was trying to kind of tell him stuff and Lee was like, nah, that's that's just video game. Like, that's not actually yeah. here sort of thing. Yeah, and Lee was another one of those characters that I really didn't... I mean, he was kind of funny, uh, but he was another one that I was like, yeah, I'm not going to miss him when he finally goes. <laughs> <laughs> I think because you had... Um, when Lee was introduced, I think it was Adam's chapter... So because Adam instantly took a dislike to him because he was around the same age as Jin, like that kind of put you in a fuck that D guy. Like, I don't care for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of uh, able to come in there and kind of step into, you know, what Adam thought he might have going on with Jin <laughs> or was hoping anyway. But yeah. that was really cool that you mentioned it, though, that um, to, to know that not only did these 11 people get, you know, they wake up, in the kill zone, but apparently a whole other group is in there too. Um, yeah, that's, I can't remember. Did they they think the timeline like they may have been put like, in first? Yeah, it sounded to me like the other group were there first, and that Agent Orange had basically fucking butchered them all and then made his way to the hotel for the next lot. So I don't know yeah. what the reason was for there being two groups so close to each other, like. I found that kind of in, like you couldn't possibly have a around the clock constant flow of people, but yeah, it was definitely two groups close together. Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like you know. <clears throat> I like the theory. I think somebody may have uh, said of uh, feeding people to Agent Orange to to keep mm. him happy or whatever, keep him from breaking yeah. out. But yeah, but how how much could you actually do that? You know, without people <laughs> noticing. It seems like there's a lot of people missing these days, you know. <laughs> but and then yeah, they, had they whole, want uh, again. They want um, you know, they hadn't just gone to some third world developing country and snatched a bunch of people. No one's ever going to hear about. Like they've taken people who are, you know, United States citizens who have families and who are known. And like it's so yeah, it's a very kind of bizarre process. Then yeah, yeah. Um, and then they had the whole uh, um, alarms or whatever constantly yeah. going off. It's like yeah, which again wasn't explained in this book. You were just no, like, what the fuck like, is that alarm? Yeah, is that? But it helps uh, create that tension, you know, that uh, yeah. from your characters, you know, which you know translates from the page. But uh, just like 
you're already confused. You know, you're trying to escape a killer. You know, you, know, you can't hardly hear anything because these crazy alarms are going off. What does it mean? What is going it was, on? Yeah, it was another red herring as well, wasn't it? Because the first time the alarm went off was when Agent Orange first showed up. So they then assumed the alarm meant, fuck, like, Orange is here, but yeah. it wasn't there. So it kind of got to play on itself a little bit in that way. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like how they, you know, they did a lot of that, I think, uh, kind of trying to keep you guessing, you know. Mm. You know, I think... Uh, again, Which, again, was the advantage of the characters telling you the story, Yeah, Because right? they don't know the answer. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you, it kind of what... It, it's a very realistic, you know, feeling. It, it's like, this is what it would be like if I was in there, you know? So probably crying probably the whole entire time, but, you know, whatever. If I was in there, I would just die straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I wouldn't leave the hotel room and would just hope everyone just wanders off and forgets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, though, it really wouldn't have been a bad idea. I'd just kind of crawl underneath one of the beds and let everybody else go out and Again, the place in the world on. under the duvet. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. didn't really know. Yeah, they didn't know at first that it was Agent Orange in the kill zone, did they? So, yeah, and and uh, I was it still in the hotel where they seen the room that looked like he had um, blasted his way into or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because Lawrence just thought it was bullshit, just some special effects or whatever. But then they saw yeah. like the heads on the stakes and stuff. Yeah, but like so, it tells you, you know, straight from the get go that there really is no place you can hide. You know, he knows mm. you're there; he will get in there and get you. Well, yeah, because they theorized later about having um, kind of tracking stuff in their clothes, didn't they? But it sounded yeah. like that was more for the military than for Agent Orange. Yeah, um, when uh, Patrick had him going through and finding clothes when they were in one of the houses and, and changing out all the clothes again how does he know you know that yeah. that's i mean there's a certain level of uh okay this is going beyond just being you know tinfoil hat um mm. crazy guy here you know you're starting to seem like you know a lot more you than what stuff. you're letting yeah. on yeah but again i don't think they found a tracking device it just seemed like there was one but no one actually physically found it um yeah you're right but there was uh some but discussion when... about using uh, i feel like uh somebody got sick i think well annette i guess got sick or whatever she had something going on from where she wasn't taking her medication like yeah. she was supposed to be and yeah. um i feel like there was some something about potentiality of a tracking device being in their body and that her or Patrick expelling it. I'm not, I don't think I'm making this up, um, am I? I don't know. I'm not sure I remember that bit. But I know it was going fucking crazy by that point anyway. So she yeah. didn't need a tracking device because she kept fucking shouting all the time. Yeah, I was I was pretty happy to see her go. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I just... would have been happy to see her go if I was in that group. Like I'm a total pacifist, but I'd have been like, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> someone please well, just fucking kill her because she's going to get us all dead. Yeah. Then they had the, uh, what was it? Uh, Eliza, I think is that, yeah, was her name. Eliza. Yeah. Yeah. She was the one with Annette. Yeah. And she just kept helping her and helping her. And yeah. so, I'm like, oh my gosh. I, just, I don't think I, I couldn't be that person. You know, I was just like, just. No, well, he actually did go into that bit, didn't he? Like, Eliza ended up getting quite a big backstory about her sort of sister and how she's kind of tolerating Annette because of the guilt of her kind of sister who always kind of thought she had a problem until she did have a problem. Like, Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I guess. Yeah, that whole segment, that whole sort of sequence was just crazy like with Lee fucking cutting the back of her leg so he could get oh. away just after yep. you find out that Eliza is basically this kind of good Samaritan at this point and that wailing <laughs> in the background as they got closer to the war for that whole segment was so tense yeah that's where uh uh wasn't it Lee who got the uh um top of his head like uh cut not cut off but um yeah like he got it fucking around. yeah yeah, he got yeah. fucking like a botched scalpin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really good. That's crazy. 
and I think that was probably my favorite part of the book actually that whole segment it just it was just crazy crazy stuff and yeah like by that point we knew Lee was a bit more of a dick than he had first appeared and he seemed like a dick straight away but now we knew he was so yeah we're kind of rooting for orange at that point like Elijah was <laughs> kind of caught up as kind of collateral damage really because you wanted Annette dead and you wanted Lee dead and she was with him yeah yeah because yeah she really um she was ahead of him right so she was looked yeah. like she could have probably made it to the wall if he hadn't cut yeah. her yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a dick yeah but you know and again that you know um showcases how well you know they they, they wrote these characters you know because i mean you know there's people out there that would just be just like that, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you thought be... Lawrence was going to be that person, right? So it was kind of funny yeah. that that character did turn up again in a different form. Yeah. So were you, um, big spoiler stuff here, but were you surprised that Adam died? Or did you think as he started the story, he was the youngest, he was the one we kind of heard most from, were you thinking he would survive or...? I actually, I did. I, I was surprised when they took him out. Um, and I, it probably has a lot to do with the fact that he was so young. You know, he was just a kid. He's, you know, he's innocent in this, you know. So you just think that if anybody's going to survive, you know, at the very end, you know, maybe um, Patrick or something's going to uh, die pushing him over the wall or something like that, you know. And then just to have you actually taken out, I'm like, oh, yeah. Patrick was willing to sacrifice him a few times. Yes. Yeah, I guess he could have redeemed himself, but no, I don't think he had any attention of. I think he wanted gin for himself. Yeah, and you know, that's another thing that I, I only can assume that he wanted her to stay alive as, you know, a distraction against Orange, you know, because yeah. he's seen, you know, how Agent Orange reacted to her, seeing her there and so yeah, he was willing to basically sacrifice anybody he could, you yeah. know. So in the end, even though he was, I thought he was more of a likable character. I guess he was kind of like Lawrence and Lee too. Then you know, if you think about it like that. Yeah, I think he was kind of likable in the sense that he was useful and he knew stuff and he was proven right quite a few times. But morally, I think he would have sacrificed anyone because he yeah, didn't even exactly. tell him. Like when he had his fight with Orange, like he stopped, um, he stopped Adam from kind of using the Molotov cocktail, and he had kind of snuck off. And it was probably his fault that Adam got crossbowed in the first place because he left his post. Like, I think he had his own agenda. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I didn't like that whole. I, I thought for sure, you know, Adam was going to get a little bit, a uh, little action in there. You know, hit him with that Molotov cocktail, and he's going to see him go up in flames and. You know, which would have been cool, I guess, to see, you know, how would it actually have killed him? Would he just, you know, kept on coming after him? But yeah. yeah. Just crispy just... fucking corpse just run after him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Patrick, yeah, he just, he, I mean, in, in the end, he was his own, um, he caused his own demise too, you know? If he had just ended it, he could have just ended the whole thing. But no. Yeah. Just yeah. trying to be too clever. Yep. You know, I can understand, you know, because you don't know, you know, you don't know what, what Orange is capable of, what his regeneration is like, you know, do you mm -hmm. kill him any, like, I think you mentioned it earlier, um, does he just regenerate right there on the spot, you know? Yeah. So, to a certain degree, I, think, I can understand where he's going for. Yeah, I can, but I thought it was pretty arrogant when you think, like, you know, the military's tried to kill this guy, like, from what we understand, like, so... Yeah, how some, you know, stockbroker or whatever gonna be the one who suddenly works it all out. Like I think you should just fucking kill the guy and run and hide and kill him again if you get a chance. Yeah. Just kill him once and just run as far as you can. But I guess yeah, exactly. too, you know, you don't know where he's gonna re reappear at, you know. Does he does does he just, you know, does, does his body that's going to be there, but he reappears somewhere else again? I think yeah. they kind of speculate some of that, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah. Because, yeah, again, like, you don't know. If you chop his fucking head off, like, does his body just dissolve and he comes back as a hole? Or does he reattach it? Like, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, definitely thinking I have to check out the second one at some point and see if they go more into the kind of mythos of it at all. I definitely um, uh, think you should. I mean, if you, you enjoyed this one, I think you will definitely enjoy the next one, and I recommend it. Um, it's It's like a different story but it's kind of similar in a way you know i mean because it's like you know it's gonna have a lot of the same similarities i guess the fact you know it takes place in the kill zone quite a bit you still got agent orange after you but there's a quite a bit of different um scenarios and characters it's pretty fun it's a good time yeah i definitely will check it out uh yeah anything more to go through on this one that you can think any Anything that we've missed? Hmm. Uh, not that I can think of. Um, I don't know if you would. Did you have uh, a particular favorite character? Did you have someone who uh, kind of enjoyed the most within it? You know, I don't know that I really did. Honestly, I kind of uh, did enjoy uh, Patrick's character a lot just because he kind of had that in you know insight into stuff and so you kind of I felt more drawn to him because you know it's like oh man what does this guy know you know what does he uh what can he tell us and you know so I'd say if anything I was more uh, if any of them was my favorite it probably would have been him just just because I was so interested in what he had what he knew and where he came from you know yeah. was he just I, I wondered I speculated was he a uh a stalker you know maybe before maybe you know that's how he knew what so much was going on but, but you know or something to that effect you know but, yeah, yeah that would be interesting because it sounded like he yeah because he knew stuff right so you wouldn't have been shocked if he had been in the kill zone before yeah but he doesn't you know definitely doesn't let on anything like that so no. i just thought he was uh he's a pretty interesting character or he was i should say <laughs> <laughs> he survived most yeah. of the book he done all right yeah yeah, even if I mean, in, in reality, when you sit and think about it, you know, he, he was probably kind of a terrible person, you know, the way he just <laughs> was willing to, I think the Adam thing was probably the worst. I think he was, was there a point that he was kind of like trying to get him to go he away? Thought, yeah, he basically thought the kid was a liability after his parents died because he was no longer yeah. focused, which he wouldn't be. Yeah, and so he just wanted him and Jen to go off and try to survive the whole thing and just, you know, who cares about this kid, you know, just let him go, <laughs> you know, and he would instantly probably get killed, you know, out there on his yeah. own. But, uh, you know, did you have a favorite character? Um, Probably Jin. I liked Jin a lot. I just thought that she just was kind of that plucky sort of survival character that you kind of often get in these sort of apocalypse things. I thought she's done well. Um, but yeah, I liked Ed as well. He was such a dickhead. I just really, I enjoy those characters. <laughs> They're just absolute arseholes. Like, yeah. I like just his berating of people and picking fights for no reason. And his <laughs> idea that he was going to sue everyone over this. I'm just like, shut the fuck up, Ed. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, could you imagine being in a situation with somebody like that, though? Oh, that'd be so annoying. Oh, yeah. No, in real life, that would be the person I hate the most in a book. <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, did you want to talk about the uh, bonus chapters at all? Uh, or, yeah, uh, I didn't read them. So um, I'm guessing you know them, do you? Yeah, you know, so. Uh, originally when I read uh, Reincarnage, they didn't have those, you know, so I feel like I'm probably more familiar with the actual story than yeah. those. Uh, I have read them. Um, I think there was the one, um, it was all like written like a report or something. Yeah, I saw that. I had a quick flick through and I didn't recognize the characters and then one of them was like a report at the end. Yeah, um, I actually really liked that one. Because it was really uh, confusing at first because they um, weren't naming any of the characters. Everybody had like names, but they would talk a little bit about them and, you know, uh, things that happened while they were in the kill zone. You're like, oh, okay. So number blah, 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 blah is actually a net or whatever. And I just, yeah, I just thought that there was some interesting little tidbits uh, throughout it, you know, um, 
I think it actually mentions the whole Patrick uh, pushing the um, uh, couch down the elevator shaft thing. Like, you know, they're speculating that he knew, you know, what was going on down there. Yeah. So I actually thought it was really interesting, even though it was kind of weird. You know, Um, I couldn't imagine sitting there trying to write something like that. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) how they did that. But and then I think what was one of them? um, One of them was a character. Yeah, I know that the first one was, I think it said Nora. And I was just like, I don't know who Nora is, so I'll leave this for the time being. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it was, it, she was in uh, Lee's group, is what right. that story was about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of cool. You know, I think that just none of it was necess- necessary for the book, but just mm-hmm. little, you know, added bonus, you know, uh, Agent Orange kills and stuff like that. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I think I'll definitely go back and read it at some point, the, like, the end bits, probably before I get into the next book. Find a way to link it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you definitely recommend kind of checking out the bonus chapters as well then? You think they're a good addition? Yeah. Yeah, like I, said, I don't think um, for the most part, you know, you're going to get anything out of it, you know, uh, if you're looking for answers, you know, to some of the mysteries, you know, it's just like, uh, I just wanted to kill a couple more characters, you know, so I'm going to write a couple more chapters, you know. Um, I can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just fun, you know. Yeah, I'd read them, you know, just for fun. Um, yeah. But definitely recommend uh, checking out Reincursion, you know, whenever time permits. I don't know what it's like having yeah. A huge TBR. Yeah, I got a little bit of a break coming up, so I might uh I might try and get that one in there. And maybe the Dunbar effect as well. That sounded pretty interesting. Yeah, it was not uh I wasn't really sure what to expect. Yeah, kind of like what you said going into Reincarnage. I like to go into books about as blind as I can. Um yeah, yeah you know, I'm like, oh, I know Ryan writes good. I'm gonna read this, you know. Or I know Stephen writes good. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this, you know. But I like to I like to be surprised as much as I possibly mm-hmm. can, you know. So uh, I didn't really know anything about the Dunbar effect other than it took place in this world. So I was like, I'm reading it. I gotta see what happens. <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah. But I was pleasantly, like I said, pleasantly surprised, you know. Um, I don't know. Could you tell that uh, Reincarnage was written by two people? Did it feel like that to you at all? It didn't, but I do think Ryan's a bit of an expert at collaborations. Like having read like Night Stalkers and Pandemonium, I couldn't tell what was Christopher Triani, what was Lucas Mangum, and in this one I couldn't tell what was um, what was Jason Tavener. Like Head of Free, I couldn't even tell what was Ryan and what was Edward Lee. So I think he's just very, very good at collaborations. Yeah, no, I agree. That's that's one of the things too that I liked a lot was, you know, it never at any point in the book did uh, you get taken out of the story because you could tell like a shift in the writing or something like mm. that. It's like, I know. I'm I don't know how people how do you... that. Yeah, I have no idea how people can do it. Like, yeah. I like the idea of collaborating and writing a story each, but the idea of writing the same story like terrifies me. Like, I wouldn't know how to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know it neither. But uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, he is kind of an expert because I kind of forget that he does have so many collaborations out there. Yeah, like, and they're all fucking great as well. Like, seems like it's yeah. his, he's done one with Matt Shaw as well, but I haven't read that one. I haven't either. I haven't read that, that one or the uh, Pandemonium, but I did read Night Stalkers and I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, Pandemonium's great. Like, Pandemonium is insane. You got like about, kind of, 20% of it's like this cool wrestling setup and then it just turns into demons. It's mental. <laughs> I need to check it out. I really do. Uh, you know, the uh, never, never ending. Yeah. yeah, I've said it to a few people. I've read more in the last year than probably the rest of my life put together, yet my TBR is bigger than when I started. It's just it's the way it goes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like constantly, you know, you have uh, all these authors, you know, that you already like and they're writing new books or you're trying to get to their uh, back catalog and then you're finding a new author, you know, and it's the same exact thing. It's just, 
never ends. No, I like it. It's just a lot of options, and yeah, it's just you know, can just go from one book to the next, right? You don't really have to think too much in between of oh, what should I read next? Because there's always just a big pile there waiting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they I, sometimes my wife and I would talk about the whole uh, getting a uh, a book hangover where you read a book that's so good you don't know you know what to do next and nothing wants mm-hmm. to kind of uh, appeals to you or whatever. But yeah, it's just it's it's rare with the fact that there's just so much out there. I always think when that happens, you just got to kind of yeah, just find something that is a little different. Like for me, it still tends to be within the extreme or splatterpunk, but. You know, if I find if I read a book that's definitely like five out of five, absolutely love it, then I'll probably more take a chance with the next one just to see, like, rather than have that sort of, you know, like you said, that book hangover or whatever. Like, I'd probably just go for something I wouldn't normally, and then it can be whatever it is. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Expectations almost. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you're pleasantly surprised again, right? Like when you read a new author, you never really know how it's going to go. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, this is really cool. Where if you read a great book and then you read another book from someone you really liked, it's not quite as good. It feels a bit like, oh, I liked it. But yeah. yeah. I always judge things by my expectations. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you almost can't help it, you know? But I, I feel like, um, especially with Godless, you know, uh, so many cheap books, you know, everybody's putting books out and they're making them so cheap, constantly reading new people that I've never read before. Yeah. And then it's like, I need to, uh, I've read one from this person, you know, I'd like to read more, but I want to read this person I haven't read yet. And yeah, so there's always yeah, something to read. There is. Yeah. It does get distracting at times. A few people I've read a book, I've been like, man, they were really good. Like, I read something else from them and then it's like six months later and I've read about 50 other authors and just haven't got back to them yet. Yeah. Yeah. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So is there any more we've reincarnated or you're happy with what we've covered? I'm pretty happy with it. I feel like, you know, yeah, we were kind of all over the place, but I feel like we, uh, <laughs> we touched on pretty much everything. I think so. Um, Without giving every single bit away, I think we've done all right. Yeah, yeah. I think we spoiled some stuff, but never really talked about the ending too much. You know, actually, how it really ends. No, we didn't. No, no. Yeah, I I liked. I liked the ending. I think. um, Yeah, I I think it was a sensible ending after all the craziness. Like, I think they left it in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing about. going into uh re-incursion right afterwards is it's not a sequel <laughs> so right. yeah so it's like you kind of almost can't help but to wonder you know uh while you're reading it you know like so what happened though you know what's going yeah. after reincarnated you know but, you know but actually yeah. uh, uh the dunbar effect actually is a direct sequel right. so yeah yep. so you still get that yeah. just took a little longer yeah, they're two relatively long books as well, so it's still like another, what, thousand pages almost to kill his own stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you know, um, in our book club, I asked Ryan, you know, because from the original, you know, Reincarnage coming out the very first time on Deadlight Press was, you know, 2014, 2015, and then, you know, uh, Death's Head Press uh, release of the Maximum Carnage was like, what, six years later? And they're yeah. putting out reincursion. It's like, how long did it take y'all to write these books? You know, <laughs> and I think he said reincursion took him like three years. I think so. That was a long like, time. Yeah. yeah, which I mean, I've never wrote a 500 page book, so probably would take me a long time to. Yeah, I mean, my Abbey books are about 270 pages, maybe. And yeah, I guess they took me a good half a year, a year. But then the first one, I already had it all written as a film script. So, yeah, starting from scratch nice. or something like that, and it being double the length, yeah, probably would take about a year at least. So, especially if you're working with someone else and you're having to go backwards and forwards on separate schedules. I could see why it would take yeah. a while. Yeah. Awesome. Well, 
thank you very much for recommending this book. I said it was one I did want to read, so it kind of made me finally read it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think it's one that we'd both definitely recommend, right? Like it's just a great, unique read. It's it's a slasher without really reading like any slasher you read before. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, but yes, I've, I've recommended it to numerous people. I see somebody on um, you know one of the Facebook groups you know, looking for something that I think that's going to fit the bill for them. You know, first thing I'll say, you know, grab Reincarnage from Jason yeah. and Ryan because, you know, you can't go wrong. It's um, a cool story. It's like reading a slide. It's like, I always tell people it's like reading a Friday the 13th uh, book, but the characterization is much better, you know, because, you know, in the, in the movies, you know, you're not really getting a lot of characterization out of these people, you know, really mainly they're just as fodder for, Jason Bourne needs to kill, you know, but I feel like with, with like Reincarnage, you know, you've got a lot more backstory and a lot more feel and it makes the characters that much more real, you know, so. Yeah. It's like, and they're still going to die fucking horribly, but you know a bit more about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it makes you feel a little bit, uh, or I guess it's supposed to make you feel a little bit worse when they do actually die. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, Matthew. It's been Pleasure talking to you, and yeah, I definitely highly recommend everyone your books as well. So I've, I've read Hellsworth Hotel and Bowery, and I think they're both fantastic. So hopefully people can pick them up as well. Yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> but no, thanks for having me. This has been great. Had a lot of fun. No problem, Sid. Well, thank you very much for coming along, and I will see everyone again shortly. See you all later. Bye.